Market Watch is proudly brought to you by Top Sport, home of the Top Sport betting multi. Gamble responsibly. Call 1800 858 858. G'day everyone, welcome to another edition of the Market Watch podcast. It's proudly brought to you by topsport.com.au, home of the best of the best multis. That voice you heard earlier was Jared Condon from Reading the Play, just butting in a little bit there. He must have had a couple of lunch bet wins over the course of the last week. Who you didn't hear from was Tristan Merlihan, who's gone very quiet. Uh, ranking, oh, I don't think free fall's the right word, but you know it's not heading north. Let's put it that way. So the usual suspects are in attendance. How are you, gentlemen? Yeah, very good, Jimmy. And uh, that little voice that Jared did pop up with, he was discussing our, our long season lunch bet between Denver and Minnesota. Oh. And I had a, I copped a double loss on the back of uh, Minnesota's effort against the Bears uh, during the week. I've been up on a little holiday with the kids up at Noosa with all of her school friends. And cool. I said to Ash that I was going to be watching uh, until the first touchdown was scored in that Minnesota-Chicago Bears game. So <laughs> I thought she expected me to be there at the pub for 10 minutes and I, uh, I had to get an Uber home. So it was, uh, yeah, that, that didn't help the rankings at all and certainly didn't help the lunch bet status. Well, we've, uh, we've, we've had some very low primetime games over the last couple of months and that's, uh, that one certainly takes the cake. I mean, we had the Bears ended up winning 12-10 and, and there was only one touch, touchdown in the game and it was from the Vikings. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, win to win, as they say. Uh, so we'll get to that very shortly. That's the, the long range lunch bet. Um, so, yes, we are looking forward to that. Uh, remember, if you're enjoying the podcast, make sure you subscribe, follow, uh, leave a review wherever it is that you get your podcast. Um, Apple, Spotify, you can check us out on YouTube as well. So uh, what we like to do here, as we know, is go back before we go forward. So quick recap of the bets from the week just gone. Jared, how'd we play out? Uh, well, Jimmy, as we just touched on, um, the Vikings fell over, but the 49ers didn't. They just keep on doing the job, and they actually touched up your Seahawks. Um, no, no, my well, they, are your, <laughs> they are your Seahawks, aren't they? Uh, yeah. I had the uh, the three-leg, uh, the four-leg all up, to start Thanksgiving into the Saturday game and uh, the Friday game and dear oh dear those bloody lines I got up at four o'clock in the morning to watch them and I may mm. as well have gone back to bed they were down by 20 points already so the lines let me down the other four other three legs of course got up uh, we were close in the racing very close in a developed print for mine in Brisbane but uh, we missed out but a nice collect with the 49ers so that tips some money in uh, on the lunch bed updates as we're just about to get to the uh, bank balance uh, yes uh, Jared and Jimmy picked up the Bears at three and a half. Didn't even need the line. The Vikings went down for Tristan. So a little update for the lunch bet score. And we now have a new little table there, gentlemen, if you happen to be watching the uh, uh, and reading the run sheet, where we, mm. we're now going to be avidly following the Broncos and the Vikings as they make their way through these final weeks. And uh, the Broncos picked up that win that helps your cause, Jimmy. They're six and five. Tristan's Vikings are six and six. And for any listeners who missed it last week, we now have a side bet, which is a lunch bet. It should be 10 lunch bets because there's going to be 10 weeks worth of uh, banter here. Uh, who finishes further up the table, the Broncos or the Vikings are end or into the finals. And right now we have the Broncos ninth seed and the Vikings a seventh seed in either conference. Mm. 
Six and five, six and six. So yeah, it was a big turnaround this week. Go, Russ, go is all I can say to that one too. You better give us your charity balance update too on the back of that, Tristan. Yeah, that sees our balance get to 498. So certainly I uh, just ticked over the 4,000 mark. And uh, yeah, the the the, uh, the, seat, the lunch bet is going to be quite a long one because obviously we're going to be seeing uh, uh, the, the Broncos taking on the Vikings in the Super Bowl uh, <laughs> after the quality of the performances we've seen over the weekend. So um, I think it'll be a very high rating one at that. But what about the week of the NFL? I think one thing we do want to touch on is that uh, game that we spoke about last week with Amazon paying the $100 million for... Oh. The uh, the Jets against the Dolphins. And wasn't that another blockbuster, another value for money uh, affair? But uh, I, I think the advertising might have got uh, might have might have got it so running with there. Somehow they would have made it work, right? People buying all over the place uh, when there's what are they? They get about thirteen or fourteen million people watching. Uh, might have been more than that. I didn't see any numbers on that one. Uh, I tell you what, there would have been a lot of people watching Glenn Maxwell in action again. Um, just incredible the innings that he had. A um, couple of days ago, he's done it again. Uh, we've got the fourth T20 coming up, Australia and India. It's largely uninteresting unless something interesting happens. But um, I've got to say, Tristan, they're playing on postage stamps over there. They've had three or four games at that ground. David Miller scored 106 off 47 balls in another game there. So um, the 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 guy, Guy Quad, who opened the batting for India, who who can hit the ball, he was 14 off 17. He was 123 off 57. So he scored 109 off 40 balls at that ground. But um, India lead the series 2-1. Uh, you'll give us the prize for the fourth game. It is interesting to watch, but I'll tell you what, it is bubblegum. It is, it is. And and, and it's sort of, uh, I'm glad to see the Aussies win that that third game because it does keep the series alive. I think the one thing that we would... Uh... We would be talking about less about this series as if it was three nil now, and uh, and it was all done and dusted. But you know, in the game, in the fourth match, which is on, um, is is on in a couple of days. India is a dollar fifty three, Australia two dollars forty four. So India are slight favourites to wrap up the series. Um, but you say those 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 little postage stamp grounds, they obviously favour Maxi and and those sort of guys. But uh, yeah, I, I think probably from an Aussie cricket fan, my my attention is more so on the uh, the Sheffield Shield and those sort of events at the moment, getting ourselves ready for the uh, for the Australian summer. I don't know about you, but for those people who are just listening to the podcast, um, those people might be watching, but uh, there's Tristan looking more like Dickie Knew than Dickie Knew. With the, <laughs> and the, the only thing we can see, Jared, is the Titans cap. It's absolutely fantastic. What's going on? You're at you're at a different venue, are you, Tristan? I'm at a different venue. I, I As I said, we were up at Newsom <laughs> for the kids' holidays, and um, I've done this one from home. And as I'm speaking, I've got Charlotte chasing the dog underneath the desk. <laughs> I've got a camera that doesn't work. I've got a chair that doesn't elevate. So, uh, yeah, it is absolute uh, perfect conditions here. It's a little bit like the uh, the fourth T20 over in India. Everything is running exactly to plan. Well, the good news is, uh, being a family show, I'm glad it was only uh, Charlotte chasing the dog under the desk. Uh, and, uh, I, Jimmy, I was waiting for you to turn up today with a, a, a Broncos cap. Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm sure that we're going to find one of those NFL caps somewhere that you bought when you you're in, in the US last year. Oh, and I'm I'm sticking solid with my Titans, uh, the Top Sport Titans polo shirt at the present time, Jared. But uh, thank you for that. Now you're right about the Sheffield Shield. So Renshaw misses out, Harris misses out a couple of times, Bancroft missed out, but Cameron Green batting four did not miss out. Really interesting the talk that's coming up over the last couple. And everyone's a selector, but the real selectors were saying, "Yeah, we've invested a lot in Cam Green. We'd like to see him bat in there somewhere." So Manus Labuschagne. 
heading to open the batting. Now, apparently he's done it early on in his career, but it might have been rattling around in his head for that Sheffield Shield game as well too. None off two. So um, poor old Marnus Tristan. He might be the man that has to put his hand up and go and open the batting once Dave Warner calls it a day. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's a really interesting um, conundrum that they're in. And, and and obviously, there's been a lot of talk and everyone's got an opinion at the moment. Travis Head did a pretty good job when he had a crack up there. Obviously, he was doing it in the one-day side of things as well. But um, there was a bit of conjecture over whether David would get selected for this tour. I don't think there was ever any doubt over that, considering the way he went in the World Cup. But, um, you know, there's a lot of players putting their hands up. Obviously, um, you know, who you bring into that spot, it's going to be very interesting. But, yeah. Marnus Lubbershane, obviously, um, you know, he, he's, he's a high-quality batsman and, and he showed again what he can do when the pressure's on. So I think you give himself an opportunity. I, I think he'll be uh, someone that can f- perform. But it'll be very fascinating over the next while, at least from the selector's point of view. They'll be feeling full of confidence after pulling the right reins in a number of areas there in the uh, the World Cup. Well, the other thing they can do too is, you know, and, and we know what these cricket teams are like, a collection of individuals that come together to play as a team, but... Um, it's Usman Khawaja who opens the batting for Australia. He's batting four for Queensland. He got himself 100. Um, and all these other permutations that we've got. We've had New South Wales win an incredible Sheffield Shield game. They resold Tasmania second innings for 68. So that was amazing. And then we've got South Australia taking on Victoria as well. But uh, lots of eyes on that Queensland versus Western Australian game. I don't think there's any doubt that David Warner will be selected. He's backed the selectors into a corner by saying, hey, I'm pulling up stumps at the Sydney Test match, so you've got to pick me for that one. And the other option for Manus Labashane is this. Hey, Manus, if you don't want to open, don't be in the side. So, um, you know, they've really got him over a barrel there with that one. I, I, I agree with Travis Head not going up there because, yes, he's done it before, but my word, he's a threat in that middle order so the other thing that's of great interest is the wbbl final it's been a really strong wbbl for you tristan you were saying the other day i'll tell you what i was watching a bit of that brisbane heat versus scorchers game last night man they hit the ball well now oh, uh, you know absolutely. that was a high scoring game but that was a good game of cricket it's it's been fascinating i've been tuning into a lot more of the games probably over the last fortnight than ever before obviously a few of the other sports have wound down and um i've certainly been tuning in and the betting activity has been great. And I think the key metric, in my opinion, to not just betting turnover, but the, I suppose, the viewership of the games, which ties into to the turnover, is the live betting activity. Because right. if you've got people betting on it live, they're obviously watching it and they're, they're interested and they're engaged in the sport as opposed to someone, you know, particularly from our point of view, we've got a lot of the uh, the more professional type punters that might pop their bets on and then check the scorecard at the end of the game. So... The other uh, live betting's been very, very strong. There's been uh, a lot of ebbing, ebbing and flowing in terms of the total runs, which is the most popular form of betting in that live betting. And and yeah, it, it's amazing how you can see uh, you know uh, something that probably hasn't been possible uh, in the past, where one of the girls goes out and puts on sixteen or twenty in an over, and that just completely swings the line. And 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 that's been uh, really good to see. There's been some good catches as well. There's been a lot of high quality cricket. I've been really uh, entertained by it. And once again, we've got another Queensland team in a final, which just seems to happen all the time. And it's uh, the strike is $1.80 in the final, the heat $2. So we'll see where uh, who ends up victorious there. And uh, But it should be a good game over there at Adelaide Oval on Saturday night. Charlie Knott came out and scored 32 off 14 balls, like really clean hitting. Last two balls of the innings, four, oh, no, six, four. So... Perfect finish for them, and the heat far too strong. So the Scorchers looking to go back-to-back in that one. Uh, There'll be a Queensland team involved in another sporting event for next year too. That'll be the state of origin. I believe Queensland's going to be invited to play in that. New South Wales have a new mentor. I'll go to you first on this one, Jared. What did you make of the 
Rugby League's worst kept secret, which is saying something, but uh, Michael Maguire appointed today as coach of the New South Wales side and his extended team uh, named as well with assistant coaches and performance staff. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great appointment, Jimmy. I think he's done an outstanding job um, uh, with the Kiwis over recent years. I'm absolutely gobsmacked at the way he's been treated by the Kiwis and some of the white-handing in the background. That's another story. I think it's a great appointment for New South Wales. Uh, I think as he's shown with the Kiwis over recent years, he's done a done a super job there, um, uh, had great unity, um, a lot of strategy, had them up for the right games. You know, that last test win over Australia was outstanding and, and one of the biggest victories ever. I think he'll do a very good job and uh, I like the team that he's put around him um, and I think it's uh, very positive for New South Wales. I think a two-year appointment is great and... Uh, onwards and upwards. Tristan, any thoughts from the northern side of the tweed? Is there, there is Billy Slater shaking in his shoes now that the bloke who used to be an assistant coach at the Melbourne Storm when he was playing there is now going head-to-head -head with him? I, I, I think it was also a very good appointment. I, I think, um, you know, from our perspective or a Queenslander's perspective, should I say, um, you know, Madge has got a lot of runs on the board. I, I think he's a completely different proposition to what Freddie has been in terms of personality and um and, and and it'll be interesting how he gets the the best out of his team but he's he's been very firm in saying that um form's going to play a big role in who he picks and and I think that's a great way to put it it'll get everyone obviously ready to go to, to start the season and um yeah I think it's a positive move forward he obviously has done a great job for the Kiwis over there in recent times as well so Certainly, uh, certainly a good appointment. It's going to add a lot of discussion for the series. And as we spoke on after the uh, last game, or the, before the last game of Origin, New South Wales were down a lot of troops there at various times throughout that season. So he's got a lot of good cattle coming back, and and I think it's going to make it a very, very even contest. There's uh, going to be um, been a lot of talk about the Kalen Ponga Reese Walsh uh, predicament for number one for Queensland as well. So there's going to be storylines left, right, and centre, and for everyone playing along at home that might be might happen to be watching this on uh, YouTube. Uh, Charlotte decided to bring me in a orange snake just then, which um, she thinks she uh, got one under my gar, but I think that means she just opened up the packet of snakes she wasn't meant to. So <laughs> I'll have to go and sort that out at the end of this. How smart, how smart Charlotte, right? If I'm going to be uh, caught for this, I might as well throw dad in as well. So very, very good. Um, has the market reacted at all? I can't, I checked today, Queensland, favourite to win state of origin. What? Yeah, it won't be by the time game one rolls around, Jimmy, and that's when uh, the bulk of the action is. So we, we, we've got the market right where it should be with Queensland as their rightful favourites. But just once it gets a bit closer and all the uh, the blue baggers get a bit, bit, bit excited, we'll be able to say, oh, there's been a big move in betting uh, New South Wales into a dollar eighty from a dollar ninety five. So um, as you say, it's been one of the worst kept secrets in the NRL. So there wasn't much of a move in terms of betting because it was something that was pretty much factored in. And I guess that move in the market will be a couple of days after there's been a major virus through the Queensland team before yeah, game yeah. one. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, game one, uh, a core stadium. Game two, MCG. Game three, Suncorp is the way it is for next year's State of Origin. Jerome Luai, Jared, been in the news a lot, been meeting with clubs, met with the West Tigers, met with Benji Marshall, who was his hero. Everyone coming off contract seems to have Benji as their hero. Uh, met with Gus Gould. I'm not sure Gus was his hero, but no doubt would have put forward a very um, promising proposition from the Bulldogs. What's your take on Jerome? Where do you think he ends up? Well, all the dogs seem to be barking, that, and I guess it's a Alan Bond moment with that sort of 
Uh, salary offer, you know, if, if the suggested number is somewhere around 1.1 a season and or higher and a four-year deal, I mean, clearly you just have to take the money on offer. Personally, would I pay pay that? No, I just don't know that he's a marquee player. Uh, I think he's been a very good player, but led by the quality around him. I'm not sure that he's going to be the man at six or seven that turns things around at the Tigers. But, you know, the Tigers have got to do something. You've got to make a, make a move. Certainly it's a big splash. Uh, I, I'd love to see it unfold in the coming weeks, Jimmy, and, and uh, turn next year upside down, obviously punch a hole in uh, the halves combination for the Panthers, especially with Cogga now uh, settled in at Newcastle. Um, but it moves things around, changes things up, gives the Tigers a little bit of hope. Maybe instead of 16th, they might be 14th next year. Well, you need a circuit breaker when you've run 16th and 17th over the last two years. So uh, whether that, I I tend to agree with you, you know, that money. But if they do pay that money, which is talked about at 1.125 a year for four years, they've got Bud Sullivan there who's on 650 plus. They've got uh, Latu Fainu there who's on 600 plus. Like, How does that all work? They're all playing in the same. And then you've got someone like Adam Dewey. Where do you play him? Must just play him at right centre. I don't. I don't know. I, th- I think it's a really interesting one there for the Tigers. I'm not sure how that that all plays out. Anyway, we wait and see. All right, Jarrett, let's get into it. The NFL. What do we got? Week thirteen coming up. Yeah, we have Jimmy, uh, and touched on last week that you know there are a number of coaches already on the hot seat. Well, one of them got fired on Tuesday, and that was the Carolina Panthers club. And if anybody saw the owner's press conference yesterday absolutely embarrassing um the man might be obviously incredibly wealthy he's absolutely no idea what he's doing uh breathtaking that and speculation around the media in in the u.s that there might well be another six or seven coaches by the end of the season and i'm sure a few gms who go with them because in the u.s the gm is very much in charge of the roster and the staff and the draft. And so they have a, obviously a big and critical role. I guess the highlight game of the weekend was that Eagles win over the Bills. Uh, oh. They come from behind. I thought the Bills absolutely murdered that game. Um, a couple of really poor coaching decisions and then their use of uh, timeouts, their time into halftime, a few key decisions at the end of the game. In the overtime, the Chiefs rolling on at 10-1. and one. And we'll talk about it in a moment, but they turn up at home this week against the 49ers as the underdog, which is just uh, somewhat uh, against everybody's thoughts. And there's been a, about a four and a half point move on that line in the last four or five days. Jimmy, I think the other two big highlights you touched on last week about how big the audiences are for Thanksgiving, mm. that early primetime game uh, last Thursday in the US, uh, the Lions, where they absolutely got touched up at home, as started eight and a half point favourites. Uh, the biggest record viewing audience ever for that game and that time slot at 34 million, which was just staggering. And I think about three or four million more than was forecast. The other big one on the weekend was on uh, Saturday. There was a, a number of huge college matchups, but we had um, uh, Michigan against the uh, Ohio State Buckeyes. Uh, the Wolverines were at home, coached by uh, one of the Harbour brothers. Yeah. 110 
110,000 people there. And for the third year in a row, they won that game. But we had 110,000 people singing Mr. Brightside on full time. Absolutely amazing viewing. So the, the crowds that they get over there are staggering. Uh, Jimmy, I guess the Eagles there, 10 and 1. They're 49ers, 8 and 3. They lead the NFC. Little Lions bounce back this week. I think they do. They're my, my bet for the week. I think the Lions drop down a grade, come off a very surprising home loss. I think they've got a point to move, uh, approve. Their form's been a little bit patchy, a little bit in and out, but gee, against the Saints, who I think picked up two or three key injuries last week, I want to make them my best. On the road, minus four, eighty-six. So I'm with the Saints. On the other side, the AFC, the Ravens up there at nine and three, the Chiefs at eight and three. The Jags, gee, they've been a big improve in the last couple of years up to third seed at the present moment. Just looking, Jimmy, no, the Broncos are still ninth seed. But anyway, there's a long way to play out. Uh, where there's life, there's hope, Jared. So just on that, Dave Topper, so he's um, one of these equity private equity funds guys uh, with distressed debt. Apparently he sold out everything that wasn't his. He gave, you know, just did a return. So he's only got $15 billion under management right now. So <laughs> that's all his family money. But I didn't see that press conference. But he's, have, he's having a horrible time. I think he's averaging a coach a year with the Carolina Panthers ever since. Yes, he, he's, 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 had the, he's had the franchise for five years and he's done uh, four head coaches and two interims. So he's done six in five years. When he did the press conference yesterday, Jimmy, they reserved eight seats in the front row for supposed um, particular journalists or media people that are going to allowed to sit there, which was all a foil. All eight seats remain vacant. They just deliberately kept it vacant to move everybody back a row. And the guy from the Charlotte uh, newspaper who also works on The Athletic and is a very, very good writer who's been very critical of the owner uh, was in the second row. And they said, oh, this will be a 10-minute press conference and we'll just take three or four questions. Kept putting his hand up to get his next question in. They kept avoiding him. And then they went to 14 minutes and it was just absolutely farcical. And then he wrote an absolutely stinging article online last night that absolutely, uh, he actually said, uh, yes, maybe the coach needs to go. Maybe the GM needs to go. What needs to go is the owner. Yeah, well, here's the thing for the owner. When you're worth $15 billion, you can avoid the reporter's hand from the Charlotte Chronicle. Uh, the other thing about it is, too, when he bought it, he bought it for $2.3 billion and now it's gone up 80% in value. So, um, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, how can you stuff something up so much and it increase in value? But as they well, say... Jimmy, what about the coach? With the tide. What, what about Frank Wright, who uh, got the bullet? Uh, he'll end up with a payout of about $26 million. 12 months ago, he got the bullet from Indianapolis uh, Colts and uh, picked up about uh, 28 million. So he'll be kicking at home with about 56 to 58 million over the next couple of years just watching the footy on TV. Yeah, should be nice. Uh, I watched that Untold Swamp Kings, speaking of college football, which was about the Florida Gators in the Tim Tebow era. They won two national championships under Urban Meyer, who then went on to win another national uh, championship but then had a shocking time with Jacksonville with the yes, Jags uh, over about 18 months ago. So, yeah, very interesting. All right. So, Tristan, where are you taking us for your bet? Well, that was a good little segue, Jimmy. You'd think we spoke earlier because I'm going to take us to Jacksonville for the last game of the round. They don't get many uh, – they haven't had over a long period of time many Monday night football games, I wouldn't have thought, and they get to take on the Bengals in what should have been an absolute blockbuster um, against Joe Burrow – 
obviously against uh, Lawrence, who obviously are very similar in age, but the Bengals have uh, had a tough time in terms of injuries. And I just think the Jaguars at home, big game um, in playoff contention, going pretty well in recent times. I think they're going to put a number on the Bengals and cover that seven and a half line at the dollar seventy six. So that's where I'm taking us uh, this weekend. Dollar seventy six. Okay, okay. Getting a little skinny there, Tristan. But anyway, we'll accept that at this point. Uh, I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I know, I know. So they've had ten days since Thanksgiving to uh, get that sour taste of the loss of the Green Bay Packers out of their mouth. Up against New Orleans Saints, they're at the Superdome, fast track. So it was minus three and a half. I think it might have popped up to minus four. It has at a dollar eighty six. So I'll be taking. The Lions, Tristan, minus four against New Orleans. Well, I... so Jared and uh, Jimmy on the same side of the coin. So very interesting to see everyone aboard the uh, Lions juggernaut. And uh, yeah, it only takes a loss to get everyone back involved in them. But yeah, you're right. The Saints, they went down to the Falcons. It was a pretty important game for the uh, for the playoff contention there. So the Falcons take on the Jets. If the Falcons win and the uh, the Saints lose, and they'll put themselves one win in atop of that division. So the Lions are that they, they need to win a couple of games just to steady the ship with the uh, with the surging Vikings just behind them. What's that? Uh, in the ten years we've been doing this podcast, that's the first time that two weeks back to back, Jared and Jimmy are on the same page. It's just un- uncanny, isn't it? Well, uncanny. and we can't we can't even find lunch bits out of these. No, hang on, I'm trying to look at where are the. What's going on with the uh, Broncos? The, are they? Oh, there they are. Broncos, Ooh, very important Houston, game. Texans. Hmm. Okay. The eighth seed plays the ninth seed in that little matchup, Jimmy. The Texans and the Broncos. It's the old and the new, right? CJ up against mm. Russell. Um, right. Do you want to do anything of interest there, gentlemen? Anything? anything? Actually, I don't, Jimmy, because I think, as I said last week, I think the Broncos have got to draw to suit. You know, the uh, young CJ Shroud. Seven times he's been favoured this season. Seven times he's lost or not cover the line. And here he is turning up at home. Ooh. No. Well, I don't want to get splinters, so I'm happy to sit uh, to take on the, the Texans <laughs> in this game against Jimmy's Broncos, uh, minus a start. So um, whilst I'll be watching, Josh Dobbs will have his feet up watching the game because the Vikings have got the bye. So this will just, just uh, improve the, uh, the the difference in terms of the losses, I suspect. Okay. All right. So you're out. You're not – you, you want to – because I would look at the Broncos plus three and a half. Yes. I'm happy yeah. to take the minus. Yeah, you're happy to take the minus. This is for a lunch bet? Lunch bet, absolutely. All right, here we go. So, uh, uh, You've been a bit slow on the uptake today, Jimmy. Yeah, I know. It's getting late. We're doing this late, so... No, no, no red frogs at your place or snakes? I'm a, I'm a definite morning person, too. So, you know, start to slow down any time after about 8 a.m. But anyway, uh, Denver Broncos plus three <laughs> and a half. V, oh. Well, it's very huge, uh, CJ, isn't it? Texas. I'm watching, gentlemen. I don't want to uh, uh, cheer on the you don't Broncos. Want to cheer Jimmy on. No, no, no. I don't want to cheer the Broncos on anymore. <laughs> I actually favour the Broncos there. I think three and above three is uh, a nice number, and I think um, that coach and uh, Russell will just keep things very tight. I think All they right. end up getting home. Let's go racing, Jared. Where are you taking us? Jimmy, down to Caulfield. Nice being there on, uh, on on Saturday. I want to go to the last race. We've got to be nice and patient. But a Snowden horse race 10, number eight, Ganti. Already been some nice money for it. Uh, really liked its uh, last two runs. And I think from that draw, there looks a lot of speed because we've got some 1,000-metre 
horses uh, attempting to get over 1,200. I think there'll be early, early tempo here. And, uh, yeah, I want to be with number eight, Ganty, at the 370. And um, I'll have 100 bucks on the nose there. Caulfield, race 10, number eight. All right, Caulfield, race 10, number eight. Tristan, where are you taking us? This is, I'm going to take us to the Sandown Guineas being run at Caulfield, uh, which is race seven. And I'm going to take us to number three, Mowdown. It's uh, got Craig Williams in the saddle. Uh, one one second up, ran second last start. Uh, it's second favourite in the race. Arkansas Kid is the favourite and obviously got a pretty good form line as well. But I just think these two should be a lot tighter in betting. That's race seven, number three, Mo down at $4.40. And I'm going to stick it all on the nose. All right, $4.40. Uh, very brave. Uh, I'm going to go to Caulfield as well. I'm going to go to race nine. Tracy's done an extraordinary job with the form this week, so I do appreciate that. Uh, number one is the favourite, Revolutionary Miss at $2.90. That's on the drift. I'm going to go with something that's firming here at topsport.com.au. Number three, Thalassophile. Damien Lane rides for CJ Waller. Uh, was five fifty, and there has been a bit of money around it as well. Gets the right distance, um, stepping uh, back to a suitable grade, drawn to be a touch closer, and as I mentioned, gets the good hands of Damien Lane. So, uh, that will be my way. Uh, staking plan, all important at $4.60. I'll go $100 on the nose. Thanks, gentlemen. Good, yes. No, it has, has sent a bit of support. It was well back to that 550 and just tucked in a quote. So it's it's an interesting meeting, this one. Obviously, uh, the Sandown track not being used there uh, for, for the meeting, the Zipping Classic meeting as well. So it's always a good, high-quality meeting. We've got some good racing over in WA. Very uh, hot there last week, and they pushed the races back. But we've got the time on a winter bottom as the feature there on Saturday. And just having a quick look at that market for anyone interested, uh, it, it, it sees Overpass as the $3.10 favourite. Um, the one that's been well backed is Ripcord, $9 into six. So it looks, uh, looks a good quality meeting in WA, but um, yeah, the racing still ticks along uh, regardless of what time of the year. I nearly made Overpass my bet for the week. I think it gives them a cold as it rushes past them. Okay, so another party for Bjorn Baker in the West. So uh, that'll be fantastic for him. Uh, um, I was in the in the Royal Hotel at Camden when it won the Quokka, and there was a bloke who was a part owner. Uh, and I saw this bloke start going off, and I'm like, what? Oh, anyway, um, they said, yeah, he's a part owner. I said, fair enough, I'd be going off too. And then next day, James Magnuson shows me this vision of, oh, what about my mate? He's horse one, and look, he's going off. I'm like... That's the Royal Hotel at Camden. So, <laughs> anyway, uh, we wish Overpass and all the connections all the very best for that one. That's it, gentlemen. Now, I know Tristan's got to go and clean up all the snakes that are around. Uh, maybe finish off a couple as well, too, and got things to do. But uh, great job again. Enjoy the weekend, and we'll do it again next week. Next week, good. Reading the Play is Australia's favourite source of NRL and horse racing tips. Our professional analysts provide the sporting enthusiasts with the best of the best. Get the best professional tips and previews from our tipsters direct to your phone. Readingtheplay.com.